Greetings, Amigops, and Top Teners everywhere. This is Mike from Top 10 with Kyle and Mike. I am joined this week, as I am every week, by our lovely sweatshirted, something sipping, looks like water sipping co-host, Kyle. Kyle is joined this week by one of our favorite guests, who is hopefully here to talk about the top 10 best hairstyles she's ever rocked, because she is rocking it today. Co-hosting for, I think, the third or fourth time is our dear friend Sarah with an H. I do not know what the topic is. I don't think Kyle knows what the topic is. Perhaps he does. But uh, whatever it is, we will be discussing that topic, debating it vigorously, and over the course of a hopefully compact episode, settling on a definitive top 10 list of that thing. So, Kyle and Sarah, what are we talking about this week? Wow, thank you uh, so much for that introduction. Oh, great job, Sarah. You picked that up nicely. (laughs) Nailed it. It's like I've learned things after being on this pod just a couple times before. Damn But it's so good to be back. I know, times three. It was crazy thinking about this pod and the last time I recorded and trying to come up with a good and exciting topic for y'all because I feel... A little pressure now, a little bit of high standards to. You should. You've done such a nice job, and you've had you've had a couple of real crowd pleasers. Yeah. You've really screwed yourself though, because I've, now yeah. <laughs> yep. I'm I'm screwed. So I'm sorry if this is a bomb. It's probably going to be. We all need to have a lot. It happens. No, Kyle and I have bombed before. We've done it. We, we've gotten over it. It happens. So. It happens. We're going to shake it off. Yeah, I like um, it. And then. Yeah, maybe next time I can just go back to your suggested pod of top 10 hairstyles because then we could really pull out the old childhood photos. And and that is always a pleasure for anyone who um, I think is a child and has had those experiences before. Well, I definitely think Kyle and I, I think um, before we started doing this podcast and we were dreaming up our multimedia empire, I think we didn't realize how much work it was to just like just get an episode of a podcast out. Um, it would be or would have been or would be. I don't know. I want to keep the door open. Really cool to do like a, a sort of slideshow of like a visual top 10 of Sarah's top 10 haircuts. Like that would be quite fun. That would be epic. I don't know. Maybe we can work up to that because... Yeah. Uh, for those of you who have never seen my head of hair before, there's lots of curls that happen on it, mm-hmm. and it can range from small miniature poodle curls to <laughs> large, crazy, wild poodle curls. There are fewer curls now. There than are there fewer used to be. curls now than there used to be, but yeah. we're going through a phase <laughs> as we all have to do, whether we're five or ten or in our 20s look i used to look like kramer we all go through transformations (laughs) you did i had a bald patch for about two years (laughs) you did it's true a person never knows it's nothing don't worry about this and while this is riveting (laughs) oh yeah Yeah. Yeah. i'm sure the viewers love it why are we here so why are we here (laughs) The, the main reason for being here is to discuss another pod that you actually almost serendipitously talked about in your top hundred uh pods or guest of the pod but not as a pod that i would do as a pod that our dear friend um hot takes with tatum would do okay you mentioned 
Oh, wouldn't it be great because Tatum's from Wisconsin to do a top 10 cheese pod? And my heart sank because I didn't think there was a way for me to take that from her. But we got approval. <laughs> oh. I'm here now. And we're doing top 10 cheeses, ladies and gentlemen. Oh. All this right. Is, this is very timely for me because I was at a restaurant over the weekend. Caroline and I went out to lunch with... Uh, future brother-in-law of the pod jason and his friend and uh we were getting burgers and it was the kind of place where you could really build your own from scratch and i was i was reminded of just how many delightful varieties of uh cheese there are so that was it was it was great timing yeah also fun story about creating the list for this pod i did it a couple weeks ago and then had a work event where we were meeting up and taking the train to this event. And so I was talking about the pod, talking about the fact that I was trying to figure out what the top 10 cheeses were. And in the L train of Chicago Public Transit, we had multiple people drop into the conversation that my coworkers and I were having uh, to correct like strangers. us. strangers. Yeah, strangers. Complete wow. strangers to correct us on what they believed the top cheeses were. And wanted us to know. So this is apparently a very polarizing topic. um, And there might be a lot of feelings out there. I'm sorry if I hurt any of them. But it just blew my mind how much people love cheese enough to dip into a conversation during commute hours on the public transit. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Mike. Well, (laughs) it's because cheese, like... I guess, like, I don't know, you could say the same thing about fruit, but, like, or any subset of food. It feels like the range of cheese is so wide that you're almost guaranteed to hate a certain kind of cheese and really, really love another kind of cheese. Like, I don't know if there's any fruit that I, like, absolutely fucking despise in the way that I despise some cheeses. Does that make sense? I think that is perfectly fair. Uh, But I I, so I want to talk about some rules here. Right, because mm. we definitely have those. You because can't, my you can't biggest, just go willy-nilly. My biggest question that I think will be the most important for me is, and I think I know the answer, but states of cheese. So, like, a generic Sarah cheese. So let's just say there's a variety of cheese called Sarah cheese. It could be in block form, shredded form, grated form, melted form, sliced form. Like, there's... But that is... In, I think all the same kind of cheese and perhaps even when evaluating that cheese, its ability to be delivered via those different uh, mechanisms could be a uh, positive or a negative, right? Mike, you nailed it on the head. Okay. okay. So the, the areas that I focused on in terms of how to evaluate cheese, because they're is a lot. If you've never looked it up before, I think I went to cheese.com and there was something like, 1800 varieties of cheese that they threw out. I would imagine. We're going to go off of these cornerstones. One, like you talked about, how many forms, what's the variety of the cheese? Is it just you only use it in this one way? You can only eat it alone. It can only be used for this one dish. Or is it able to level up and work in a variety of different ways? Second part, that I think is really important too, is the notoriety of cheese. Yes. Is there any 
pop culture references to cheese? Do people know it for some reason? Like, what is the cheese's narrative besides just its taste and usability? Wow. Okay, that makes sense. That's huge. Surprisingly helps out a lot because you think of all these cheeses, especially if you've seen a cheese plate in recent years at bougie restaurants that don't get me wrong. I love them, but have names that you can't pronounce and have no idea what family they're even in. And they're all overwhelming. They're not household name cheeses. So that comes into play. Yeah, No, I think that's important. You have to have some, some name brand recognition. Exactly. I am so deeply in on this discussion. I just was doing some Googling because I'm trying to jog my memory on some cheeses. And uh, I just saw an article of, of cheeses and there was a great quote in there. And it said, if if you're looking at the back of your your cheese, at the ingredients, and the first ingredient isn't cheese, what you're eating isn't cheese. Uh, that seems to check out. It's a good guide because if it's not, it means you're having a highly processed cheese. Which can sometimes be exactly what people want, though. Well, I, I hope I know what you're talking about. And if I you know what you're talking about, <laughs> I don't know if that's a variety of cheese, per se, but I, I probably yeah. let it fly. We're going to have to talk about We're it. We're going to have to talk about <laughs> it. Yes. Um, some fun things, too, that I just want to throw out while doing research for this. I ran into um, the different words that are used to describe cheese. And I want to throw a couple of those out there for you because they just cracked me up and I couldn't let them go. Oh, crack um, cheese. Nice. Right, yeah. One of them was close. Apparently, cheese can be described as close, grainy, fluffy, runny. And I think my favorite and most surprising word that I saw on this list was supple. Supple. Yeah. Oh, okay. Have a supple mm. cheese. I've heard soft, but I, I'm guessing that's somewhat related. Yeah. It, okay. it just made me laugh that the cheese gods had sat down and thought, this is how we're going to describe these cheeses. I feel like in some circles, cheese can be just as snooty as wine. Oh my gosh, yes. Oh, yeah. And like, I think those terms are the ones that get bantied about in those circles, probably. Like, oh, this is quite close. And I'm like, yeah, it's yeah. right fucking here. It's on the table. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. So anyway, Nailed with that, it. we're going to just dive in to Top 10 Cheeses. I love it. I, this is um, really wonderful. Okay. Chef Sarah strikes again. She sure does. We gotta, we gotta try to create some narrative again. If I'm gonna fail, I'm gonna at least fail with, with purpose and trying to create a larger structure of fun for everyone. I think if anything, this will help make up the viewership gap that you are leaving. <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah, the listeners are not aware, perhaps, because I think this happened before. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, Sarah, it doesn't listen to our podcast anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a bummer. I honestly respect it. To be fair, Sarah has dumped all podcasts. It wasn't just ours. Yeah, that, that's what I was saying. Yeah. I prefer audiobooks over podcasts, except for Top Ten with Kyle and Mike. Yeah, this absolutely. is a wonderful uh, parting gift. This should help us make yes. up our ten percent drop in viewership. Yeah, mm-hmm. hopefully, hopefully, Agreed. I can help you guys out there. So, um, number ten, then. But number ten. It's going to be American cheese. Wow. So, it's an only but a goodie. While only I was Googling, goodie. I saw somewhere American listed and then it had in parentheses Munster. 
what's the deal with that? Yeah, so American, when I'm thinking of American, I'm definitely thinking craft singles. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah. there actually isn't American cheese that is made from milk. American cheese is American, aka it's a bastardization of tons of cheeses that are just thrown together. Mm-hmm. Munster yeah. being one of them. I yeah. think Munster is your fancier, more pure form of an American cheese. Are we okay. to understand that your craft single maybe or some other type of American cheese slice is predominantly composed of Munster? Like that's the dominant cheese in the mix? Yeah, I don't know if I could accurately say with certainty that that's a true statement yeah. <laughs> um, especially when we talk about what mike just mentioned of cheese isn't always cheese Good point. american i think can get into that vein um especially with the singular plastic peel oh, yeah but it's the so ones that good people are like throwing on the noses of dogs that's just I don't know about too much. I don't know about you all, but American cheese was definitely my introduction to cheese. Like, yes, first for, cheese that I remember eating. Like for a long time, American cheese was cheese writ yes. large in my life. Like just in general. Same. And so I think because of the fact that it is what people know as cheese from an early age, I couldn't leave it off the list for the fact that it's not technically a true form of cheese i I mean i personally think it's a very important cheese like regardless of whether it's kind of its own thing it's a it is one of the easiest and i think the snobs would say most approachable cheeses it's like a very it's a very tasty mild cheese that's very welcoming um for people trying to enter the cheese community so i'm yeah i'm very proud it's great the sandwich great melted like it's it doesn't have the delivery variety, but it, it's a very easy cheese. And it ain't a, easy being cheesy. <laughs> that's that's true. It's a staple cheese. Like it's, it's like you said, Mike, it's the go-to for topping a sandwich or probably mm-hmm. a grilled cheese. I would say are its two biggest uses. And then for me, as a child, like just straight up eating it, like mm-hmm. without anything else. Yeah. But I think Sarah, to borrow like your terminology, I think that American cheese probably scores very highly in the notoriety camp because it's, oh yeah, it's so uh, ubiquitous in the cheese landscape. Mm-hmm. And I think I think ten is actually the perfect place for it because yes. in terms of quality, it, it's not actually that good. Probably not the best cheese we're going to talk about. No, <laughs> I think from a taste wise, yeah. I kind of described it as mild, but to me, it's. You don't remember American cheese. If anything, it's so bland that you don't remember it. Bland, mild. Yeah. <laughs> Not a whole lot going on with it. Not bad. Not, not bad. bad. Not bad. Maybe not. Maybe a little bland. Maybe it's pretty mild. Nobody has ever said American cheese is bad. What a great marketing campaign. American cheese. It's not bad. It's not. What an endorsement. I think we have something for him. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. that is why it ended up at number ten. Get yeah, Wisconsin on the line. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's the perfect place for American cheese. Yeah, yeah. I agree. It's just American. Yeah. yeah. Um. So anyway, then our next number nine that we get into is going to be the goat cheese. Goat cheese. Okay. Goat All right. Cheese. I'm gonna. I want to cry a little bit foul here because I don't think that this is fair. Because couldn't 
any, you could theoretically produce any cheese with any sort of milk, depending on the process. So I'm going to require some specification. Do you yes, have a particular they, delivery of goat cheese in mind? No, so I do not. And that's kind of part of the reason that it's at nine. Okay. Because I think people are confused about the fact that goat cheese does mean many things. Like you can have a goat brie cheese, a goat blue cheese, like yep. so many different ranges of goat cheese. But people tend to say, oh, what's your favorite cheese? It's goat. And not know what form it is. So I think because of the fact that it's used in so many forms, I just lumped it into this understanding and concept that I've seen in the world of I like goat cheese versus trying to nail down a specific one. Because I think if you try to nail down a specific one, it it doesn't even make the list. Because half of the time you're not even going to know what specific type of goat cheese people I think, enjoy. I think in some ways you're actually making Mike's argument for him. Yeah. Like for those reasons, maybe goat cheese in general should be not on the list. But I see what's... It's funny though, like, even though I understand the distinction, like, I still don't think, like, if someone says goat cheese, I don't think, like, what kind? I th I'm like, okay, goat cheese. Goat cheese. Yes, right. I, so I agree. It's, I think, definitionally, there's something weird and wrong about this, but I do think, <laughs> like, the connotation is clear. We're talking about a sort of fairly strong pungent cheese usually smelly usually Semi in like a small random crumbly block at a fancy grocery store like it can get it can be kind of gooey a little gooey yeah, yeah. I, there's a there's a i know what you're talking about so i think it's fine to I, I i think it's wrong but i think your point about like how it's perceived by people would argue that you know we not be absolutists here yeah let's not yeah. be snobs about the snobby cheese because I because I get what you're saying. I'm just thinking about the alternative. It's like, like oh, I'm gonna have a hamburger with cow cheese. It's like, ooh. Well, yeah, this is this like is reminding me of the conversation about Dwight uh, or Angela's wedding, where uh, she and Andy are getting married, and there's a debate about um, she wants a cat. She wants a cow milk sculpture of a cat. And they have like a whole argument about what's the sculpture and what's it made out of. <laughs> I Yeah, I think, well, if anything, this is a, a, a plea or maybe a uh, just like kind of a, um, a PSA. If you're listening to this, be more discretionary with your ordering of goat cheese yeah. and make sure you know what you're ordering. Right. Yeah. The other funny thing about goat cheese that has happened to me recently is a thought that someone's favorite cheese was goat cheese and so I got an entire cheese block and I got some other different cheeses but I brought them over and I said okay we're gonna celebrate here's some goat cheese and they kind of looked at me and were going okay great yeah sure you're gonna eat this right no, you like goat cheese. No, you like goat cheese. And it was just a weird statement that I fell into. Of There's people in the world that like goat cheeses. Apparently neither of us are those people. <laughs> and that was in my head too when I put it at nine. Just this um, ambiguous goat that people don't know but talk about and mm. feel like they need to use it to be fancy. It does have an error to it. Yeah, certainly. 
So I'm with you. that's why it's at it's at number nine because it is so weird versus the just American. You know what it is. That's it true. It is what it is. Yeah. Um, You're I making th- good use of the back of your the back end of your list here. I think. Yeah, yes, I, I, I felt agree. like goat was a little more fun and weird <laughs> because of that. It ended up at nine, and it's and it's just a little more. Uh, it's it's a little more daring than American cheese, right? Yeah. Like it it's saying something. Mm-hmm. American cheese, even if it's wrong, it's saying something. <laughs> yeah. American cheese is kind of content to just be yeah, what it is. <laughs> it's like Mayor Pete versus Bernie Sanders. And you see, you were almost doing a Bernie Sanders. It's content to stay where it is. Well, goat cheese, you don't even know what you are. You haven't, pr- you haven't proposed any way by which <laughs> we can distinguish what you are. <laughs> it's confusing. It's pretty good. It's elitist. I like that. It's goat cheese. You always knew you wanted to be goat cheese. <laughs> anyway. All right. So, never right. But- <laughs> we'll That's actually, we should do that later. Like, which politicians are which cheese? I'm going to have a good time watching the debate tonight after this. Yeah. <laughs> thinking about all the cheese. Um, number eight, I put at Parmesan. Parmesan. That is a shockingly low ranking for an insanely <laughs> um, versatile and wonderful cheese. Yeah, yeah. Sarah, please um, explain. Okay, so in my head, when I was looking at the uses of Parmesan cheese, mm-hmm. It very much comes in a singular form. It's hard cheese. You either eat just a chunk of the very hard cheese or it's crumbled up. Like, that that's the variety of this Parmesan cheese to me. And then additionally, it's mostly used just as toppings unless you're taking the Parmesan cheese rind and putting it in soups, which I know is a very big thing. Um, to do. So I saw it more as a dusting on top of dishes versus a driver of dishes, which is why I had it down at number eight. So here's the thing, though, that uh, my opinion is that would be an argument against something like salt, like salt is (laughs) salt is similarly never the main attraction, but it's a really important driver of flavor. And in the same way, I think chi- I think Parmesan cheese in its graded variety is probably the most versatile and like broadly useful of the cheeses in uh, of one variety of any of the cheeses. Now, the cheese delivery system for the Parmesan is, I agree, generally limited to the hard cheese, which is delicious, really delicious. And there's a lot of different sort of Parmesan varieties, like sub varieties that are good. Right. Yeah. Um, so the hard cheese is is stellar, and it's one of the most like nutty and inviting of the hard cheeses. Like in all seriousness, that's oh. not like douchebaggery. The nu- it might no, be a that's douchey, very but the true. nuttiness. The nuttiness is so nice. But the great. But to me, it makes its money in the graded variety. The graded variety is wildly useful. I guess you do always have one of those green tubes of Parmesan cheese sitting in your fridge. It's definitely one in ours right now. Yeah, definitely. Damn right. I think well, I cleared out a fridge and had three of them at one point. <laughs> yeah, that happens too. It does get kind of well, dry though when it's been in the fridge for too long. It gets chunky. I don't forget about um, 
your chicken parmesans or your mm-hmm. eggplant parmesans. Yes. I mean, Good I guess point. that's kind of a variety of the dusting. It's just melted, I guess. But like, but but typically, to be fair, typically driven by mozzarella is usually the main cheese there, and you typically put a smaller quantity of parm. Yet it's in the name. It is. So what does that mean? Wait. So uh, you know, like, I'm I'm not saying what does that mean from the amount of parmesan that you ch- use on the cheese, but why was parmesan the cheese to get itself on the title of all of these dishes? I'm just throwing that it's out. It's a go getter. It has some sway. Are you telling me that if I order a chicken parmesan, that's mozzarella cheese on top, and I yeah. and I make. Yes. Okay. Well. So there's so there's some there's typically going to be some parmesan cheese on it but it's mostly going to be mozzarella i guess intuitively i know this like if i've cooked if i cook chicken with cheese on it i always put i put mozzarella on it yeah i guess so, I, i've just been tricked by the name it's, it's a little <laughs> bit what do i feel I, stupid so i think it's because i think that they are both named i, I think that both the cheese and the, the chicken dish or eggplant dish are named for the city of parma as mm. opposed to the cheese, like cheese the chicken on the dish. Is it named for the cheese? I think they're both named the same thing. History facts. Wow. I think. I don't, Thank don't, you. please, Quinn, I'm probably wrong. But I think we have an Italian here. The point is, regardless of whether it's actually Parma or not, they're both named for that thing rather than each other. Uh, I see. I like yeah. it. Well, that's a fun fact. And I guess it. Uh, fa- don't say fact. I don't want to go too far with fact because I don't want to conjecture. I've like, gotten this podcast into the yeah. the oopsies. Yeah. I don't want to get like the four Pinocchios uh, rating on Politifact. <laughs> well, I, I tend to agree with you, Mike. Like the the versatility, like the like Parmesan is like just as uh, ubiquitous as american cheese with the important distinction that it's actually good so like (laughs) even though it doesn't come in slices as much and it's limited in its form to mostly toppings on like other foods i think for the most part that's kind of cheese's lot in life for the most part so like i don't think we can dock it too many points for that i don't know know. i'm with you fighting words as someone who uh engages in a primarily cheese diet (laughs) good point (laughs) that's fair (laughs) who lives and dies by the cheese so yeah that's parmesan and maybe it'll move up that's that's the joy of this right that's why we vigorously debate that's why damn right that being said that takes us to number seven which Uh, it would except typically in this space we usually do a not top three hit us with the beats Wow. Mm. You Thanks, smell Kev. that? Is that some is that, stanky gruyere? Is that no, can't is that, be. Is that Fumunda cheese? No, no, can't be. No, I don't think so. <laughs> That's Kevin, his stanky beat. That Thanks, is Kevin. Kevin just wafting some stank all up in our business. <laughs> But speaking of stinky cheese. All right. Oh, yeah. This is the time. The time to shine. Have y'all ever heard of something called Limburger? Yes. I've heard tell of this cheese. This is like the classic cartoon cheese. Like if you show a cheese where there's a stink trail coming off of it, that's Limburger. I Mm. think 
uh, and I should have done more research on this. I know there's a children's book that has to do with a stinky cheese. And I'm pretty sure that that cheese is a Limburger cheese. I actually thinking? think I know exactly what you're talking about. Are you thinking of Diary of a Wimpy Kid where there's the cheese on the sidewalk and whoever touches it has the, the cheese touch? And then if you touch someone else, they get the cheese touch, etc.? maybe <laughs> seems I like no but that's I, a- <laughs> this is definitely a possibility i just have this image of a cheese cartoon in my head and it being really sad and fuming i i kind of really think sense. i know what you're talking about we'll look it up later it'll be great we'll put is it, it the is it the stinky cheese man and the other yes. fairly yes i yes yep. that's the one that i am talking about thank you for looking it's up. a postmodern it's- children's Jesus. <laughs> Holy cow. Yeah, so I don't know if that's actually... Oh my god, I remember a- this. It's really creepy. Yes. Oh my god. Yes. There he is. <laughs> Look this up, everyone. Oh, it's terrifying. Yeah. I forgot yeah. about yeah. this. I did and too. I don't know if it's actually a Limburger cheese, but for some reason I, like I have that association. I think because uh, Limburger cheese is actually something that's really big in the Midwest. Um, A.K.A. My home. Mm-hmm. So Wisconsin knows Limburger well, but Ohio is right there in the thick of it. And I remember my dad having Limburger cheese sandwiches as a kid <laughs> and <laughs> trying them. Dad. Ugh. Dying. It's such a dad thing. Ugh. That is. And dying slowly. So I think when I saw as a child the stinky cheese man, that was my association. A little bit of a Limburger and liverwurst sandwich. Exactly. On pumpernickel. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't know why that's still a thing. I realize that historically this is something that people had available to them. And it was like that go-to sandwich. But looking at it and smelling it. We have options, people. We have options now. The world has gotten a little larger. Please. If you live above like the global poverty line, you don't (laughs) have to resort to Limburger cheese. It's okay. This is what's called an economics and inferior product. Yes. So that's that's stinky cheese number one that just not top ten. Be careful with hating on stinky cheeses though, because there are some good stinky cheeses out there. There are some good ones. That's true. But another one that I have had a horrible encounter with recently is good old raclette oh really you're against oh, what's that my goodness i didn't know pain until oh I no recently went to a it was a cheese restaurant so they had a cheese boutique and then a restaurant <laughs> where they served dishes with all these different cheeses and we missed the part where it said a dish was going to have raclette on it. Our dishes came out and everyone immediately goes, oh my gosh, what is that? Is that what happened to our dishes? I think something is going down. And it's this cheese that you've actually seen in Instagram a lot recently where they have the giant wedge and they heat it up with a blowtorch or something, and then they swipe down, and uh-huh. the cheese just gets flopped onto a dish. Um, and I remember seeing a bunch of those videos on Instagram and going, these people don't look actually happy right now. And I understand <laughs> why. It's because it stinks horribly. 
absolutely horribly. So I've never like had it, it served that way, but I have had raclette, and I actually like it. I'm really? A, I like a strong cheese. And I, now, again, I haven't had it where it's warmed up to be melted that way, mm. so I'm not familiar with kind of... Uh, it might enhance the stank, but yeah. just having it where you kind of take, you know, the soft part out of the rind, I like. Okay. So maybe I just need to come back to raclette at a nine. Uh, no, I time. can understand not liking it. Because, oh man, that was rough. The other run-in that I've had with raclette, and I didn't know that it was raclette at the time, was during uh, the Christmas season. The Christmas market down in Chicago has a corner. And every year when I go and visit the market, I am sure to avoid this corner because for some reason, one year I walked past it, almost passed out because of the smell (laughs) of the stink of this cheese. (laughs) And now years later, we'll still refuse to PTS cheese. Yeah, PTS cheese. It's a real thing. But the other day or this past winter, um, one of my friends told me that they had gone over there and they had gotten it and it was raclette and that's why it was so stinky because they were doing the Instagrammable thing of swiping cheese on top of bread. And it all made sense after I had that dish, after that friend made the connection between the cheese type and the smell that I had been experiencing for so many years in that Christmas market. So Wow. Mystery solved. Is a stink. Stink one. I will avoid this cheese in the future. I've never had it. Yeah. It was just just nasty. So Thanks for the tip. Thanks for the warning. But yeah. again, according to Mike, it might actually be good in other forms. I just am so But I've never had it in that form, to be fair. I'm so overwhelmed by this <laughs> one form that okay. I'm off. I'm off of it. And there's other good cheeses that I will engage with. <laughs> Engage with Um, Sorb. Anyway, the last one that I had on here, I don't know a whole lot about it, but I did some research. I haven't encountered it before. And Mike, you're probably going to be able to um, help out on my pronunciation because it is a stinky Italian cheese. Um, Telegio? Ooh, that's a good one. Telegio. Telegio. Yeah, so that's that's definitely a flavorful cheese. Um, I would say (laughs) that Telegio is is a little bit more on the... uh, like the nutty variety. So this one is, it's it's more mild than you think it is. It smells, but it's it's actually a, a pretty easy cheese. Okay. I think um, I had just been doing some research on a lot of the, the cheeses that were no-goes. And this was one that consistently kept on popping up along with Limburger as a go-to stank in your face. So here's, here's my experience with Telegio. I think that, I think it, has kind of two options one is you eat it as its own thing and in that case i can understand not loving it i i like it it's not my favorite but i like it but it's um it's often used melted in like pasta dishes mm. and sometimes is a mix of different cheeses Jesus. like they might gotcha. do it in a mix so i'm pro telegio I'm, you'll find, and I'm sure you're already finding, I'm pretty pro all cheese. I love cheese. I'm not the most, I'm not the most critical consumer of cheeses. So in general, you're pretty much pro food. So yes. Like, we haven't run into a topic that Mike does not. Yeah. Not a lot of foods to. Michael really. <laughs> yeah, I'm like pretty yeah. into, but Telegio, Telegio is a little bit similar, I would imagine, 
to Reclet in that it has the the kind of hard rind and then the internal part. So it's it's a big melter. It's a big mm-hmm. melter. Yeah. So I think those were the three that I was able to run into. I would say along with Mike, I, I'm pretty open to trying most cheeses and we'll give them my fair shot. But the first two dad bad experiences with and the last one it was just getting thrown over the bus too many times that i figured i needed to fair enough get along the bandwagon on that one respect so yeah those are not top three kind of this time actually does bring us to number seven let her rip and this one i have a feeling is gonna get a lot of uh, a lot of debates and uh, feelings Especially since I don't know if I followed all my rules in placing this cheese at this point. But I did it. <laughs> I was making the list and I could. Um, I put cream cheese at number seven. Like your standard cream cheese that's thrown into every single dip imaginable. Yeah. Put classic schmear, schmear for your bagel. And all around, you don't exactly know what kind of cheese it is. But it's I, a good I, So I, I'm I, I'm very okay with this because I think that the the taste of American cream cheese, and I'm calling it American because mm-hmm. yeah. not to imply that it's American cheese, but that it's like the American version of this spreadable cheese that goes on a bagel, for example. Yep. The taste is so standardized that I'm assuming that it is either so processed that it's the same or it's from the same variety of cheese. Right. I think this is a very specific type of cheese, and I don't believe that I have had that same cheese in a different form. I I am not of the opinion that this is a state of another cheese that I know. If that makes if that makes sense. No, I, yeah, I think it's definitely no. within the American vibes of a combination of many yeah. forms of cheese to create and this chemicals. I just yeah. don't think it tastes like cheese. Like, it just tastes like cream. No. And I got ridiculed by uh, by Elijah the other day for not... I don't like cream cheese. I don't put it really? on my bagels or anything. And she was, like, very taken aback by that. Mm. Um, Interesting. Do you like cause, cheesecake? Because that's, like, oh, the form. Little cream cheese on a graham cracker? Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I'm not a big cream cheese guy and i'm not a big uh cheesecake guy either so it makes sense but uh i don't know like i I think it's valid to put it on the list but i think to your point mike like it's not like i don't think of cream cheese as like a creamed version it's not like a corn versus a cream corn situation Mm -hmm. like this is a, a whole different thing um i think you're probably close to hitting the nail on the head with the fact that it's just been altered in such a way that it is different from any like more pure form of cheese that we can think of but i think it's fair to put it on here as its own thing yeah especially again in my head the fact that it's on all of those things was i mentioned but as i just said it's also the main ingredient for cheesecake Mm -hmm. which is such a staple in so many other ways and without the cream cheese unless i don't know that's how i've always made cheesecake unless there's a more pristine way of putting cheeses into cheesecake that i'm not aware of but so there is there is um there is i'm I'm a classy girl well in in the italian tradition there's some different options uh which i don't want to get too into because one of them might be showing up later 
But um, ricotta pie or ricotta mm. pie is yep. pretty similar to uh, a cheesecake. And there's also um, some mascarpone that is mm-hmm. is pretty frequently used in cheesecake. And um, so ricotta is not as much like a cheesecake as a cream cheese, but mascarpone is pretty similar to cream cheese. That's like an Italian version. Now that you mentioned both of those, I feel like I have seen on Food Network when I, again, pretend to be a chef and watch Food Network aggressively, yeah. the use of those cheeses and cheesecake versus my straight up out of the box. Well, you're but from the, Ohio. But, so, from so, Ohio. I, so I think I think it would potentially be fair to do like cream cheese slash mascarpone. I think those yeah. are the two that are most similar and are applied most similarly. Yeah, for sure. And I think those actually, I had ricotta in my... It's not my um, honorable mentions, but I had it in my close calls because mm. I didn't know. It was one of those that Marscapone, um, Marscapone, I guess is the technical Italian phrase. Whatever. Show my roots. It was those cheeses that it, you know and you're aware of, especially if you're in cooking at all and especially if you're Italian, that are important, but I don't think have as much of the notoriety in every day usage um, of a cream cheese. So I'm okay with like lumping these all together as cheese cakey cheeses that are that very soft. I will not be lumping ricotta into uh, cheese cakey yeah. cheeses because there well, are some other uses that we're going to be talking okay. about Okay, all right. Then we'll keep I it agree with those, you, Mike. That, but I, but I'm comfortable putting calls. mascarpone in with cream oh, cheese because okay. those are, I think they both have that sort of acidic spreadable as their like baseline. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. So cream cheese. Cream cheese. Cream cheese. Number seven. Uh, Number six, I think we're going to have some fight on this because it's a pretty notable one that people talk about a lot. But I'm I'm, I'm halfway on it, which is why I came in at number six, and that's brie cheese. My brie? A little cheese on my croissant? <laughs> uh, I want to. I want to just offer a brief hot take. Brie is good, but it's overrated. It's good. I put it, it, is good. I put it, it is, at six. I'm yeah. with you. Yep. It's good cheese, but it's very, very mild. Yes. Like it's, so uh, mild that it doesn't really taste like anything. It's like the it's the Lacroix of cheese. Yeah. 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 It, it's maybe a bit harsh, but it's yeah. good. It's, it's good, but it doesn't it does, taste like much. Yeah, it, it has a creaminess that's very nice. Yeah, totally. And a, good, a good balance in a cheese board when you have some mm-hmm. other sharper cheese. Yes, I agree with that. That's going on. Um, and I agree that people call it out a lot, which is why it was even, I think, at six on my list is because of the fact that people love brie and they love to tell you that they love brie. Mm-hmm. Personally... It's a good cheese. It's not the best cheese. I'm, and you really don't use it for a whole lot besides... It's on whole, grilled cheese. And, like, yeah. I've seen it with apples a lot and things like that. Ooh, but it is nice My whole thing is, like, I... I the, Personally, I just really like a hard cheese if I'm just going to eat cheese straight up. Yeah. Yes. I don't really, li- I don't really like yes. eating soft cheese just, like, eating it. Mm-hmm. And so, if you're going to have a soft cheese... I'm not saying I don't like soft cheese, but you should put it with something else. You could stuff something with it. Like, yeah. brie just, like, isn't used in those ways. There are other soft, like, uh, since we've already mentioned it, like, ricotta cheese is even softer than brie is, but mm-hmm. you don't eat 
ricotta just like straight up off of yeah and brie is extremely filling i also want to notice somebody who is very frequently filling up on cheese plates like every time i go to an adult party i'm i'm just stuffing my face with cheese and brie is is a recipe for a tum-tum uh situation because it's just (laughs) it really fills you up it gums up your belly so that's something that we haven't talked a lot about yet is the the impact of <laughs> your stomach with all of this dairy. This to be clear, <laughs> this is not like a I'm pooping situation. This is like I'm just really full and can't eat anything else. Whereas I can eat unlimited, you know, other cheeses which we've talked about and also others we will talk about. Right. Yeah, so that's so, why. But I, I think it's good. Sense. I do think six is roughly the right spot for this. I think this. this is a good place for Brie. Yeah. Oh, the big thing that I wanted to call out here, though, is the fun debate that happens anytime you have Brie out. Do you eat the rind or not? <laughs> yes, I do. And that's probably why my tum-tum hurts. <laughs> I remember I remember when y'all were here for 4th of July, we had some Brie, and I was putting it in the the cooler for us to bring. And I was I don't eat Brie cheese often. I was like... This cheese is bad. It looks it's, it's wrong. And like, no, it's just the rind kind. Like you can eat that. I'm like no, I think this cheese is bad. <laughs> it yeah. smells bad. Like no, that's cheese. It's supposed to smell that. <laughs> and and that's not to say that people who choose to not eat the rind cannot have that opinion and choose to do so. Yeah, on a knock. I think that's reasonable. I think I think that's a very reasonable thing to do. But I find it hilarious. Like the people who don't eat the rind that are aghast at anyone who even chooses to consume the rind because yeah. I think it can be so potent to the taste buds of some. Brie could use that, it sounds like. so. It, it needs a little bit of zazz in its life. Mm-hmm. A bit of a boost. It can get it from that. Okay, number five then. I originally had this up a lot higher, and then I think I had some recent run-ins with it <laughs> that kind of knocked it down a little bit more. <laughs> Or I was hyping it up in my head, and then I tried it and realized maybe I didn't love it as much as I wanted to. It's going to be Gouda. Gouda. And this is, I think, in my head, one of the most pop culture, pop culture references ever from She's the Man, where you say, my favorite's Gouda. (laughs) I love that line. I love that movie. And I think personally... When people would ask me, what's your favorite? I would use that ironically and then unironically because I really loved Gouda. And then I would say within the past six months, I've tried it on multiple cheese plates and it's a little too mild and it has a nutty flavor, but it's nothing that really stands out to me anymore, which is a little sad. I I, I can't. I remember the last time that I like had Gouda, which isn't to say that I haven't had it. Yeah. It may just be saying that it's not very memorable. Mm-hmm. It's more fun. I will say it's a lot of fun to say. It's a lot. Of it fun is a lot say. of fun to say. The thing that I would say about Gouda. Now, I don't I can't think of a use of Gouda really other than like as a cheese plate cheese. Right. But it's a very I think. It's one of the most user-friendly of the somewhat complex cheeses. So it's, I think, unlike your, you know, we were talking about, like, brie, for example. Brie is, brie is not a complicated cheese, and so it's pretty user-friendly. Whereas I think Gouda has a little bit more going on flavor-wise. Sometimes you get a little bit of a smoky situation. 
but it's still pretty user-friendly. So that's what I like about Gouda, is that I think if you took a survey of most people who have tried it, they'd say they liked it. And it's it has a little bit more going on than a Brie or, you know, God forbid, an American. So I'm, so that's the or thing American. I like about it. I think it's a good gateway cheese. I would agree with that. It's a good gateway cheese into your cheese plate because... Yeah. Because of She's the Man, I think it's known. She's the Man. Ah. Well done. Ha Maybe that's a good idea. How can we put the characters of She's the Man into cheese buckets? <laughs> I'm looking at so much cheese right now. I want it all. This feels this feels like a BuzzFeed quiz. Yeah, this in is fact, torture. I'm quite sure this is a thing. Yeah. <laughs> what cheese are you yeah. and why? Oh, now we're going to have to go find it. But, yeah, I, I like... Gouda. I like that it's a little harder than Brie, too. Yeah. I think mm. that gives it a little more sway. Um, but still not too hard that it's not kind of uh, workable on the cheese plate. Because sometimes they're, yes. they're so hard that they crumble. And you're just stabbing it yeah. good. with mm-hmm. a knife, and that's uncomfortable for everyone involved. Yeah. Especially if you make the motion that the listeners couldn't see, but that she was just making. She looks like she's in the film Psycho. Yep. Yeah. The murderer in Psycho. Yeah. Yes, it's a part. it's a little film about a murderer, and that's what Sarah looks like. <laughs> Segway though, um, <laughs> cheese knives. That's a whole nother world. Two little cheese knives. They're a little stubby and cute. They're a little stubby and cute, but you can have some that are just spreadables. There's mm. Some that, oh, that yeah. have these weird a little almost, hook, like axe. Yeah, with the hook and that yeah. you can stab things. I just think they all cut through a human ever. jugular just the same. <laughs> uh, Good to know. Yeah. Good to know. But yeah. yeah, cheese knives, I think when you have those, especially if you have them in your own personal possession, you're a different level of human. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Deuce is wild. I wouldn't even say that because I think at some point in my future life, I will be I a have human one. with all. <laughs> yeah. So, Rudy. Yeah. Anyway, I think they're still amazing and cute and hilarious. And I, while researching cheese and looking at pictures of cheese, also did a lot of research <laughs> on cheese knives and how cute they were. So learned to call that out. Very um, pro. Is is something that came out of research for mm-hmm. this pod. So that's Gouda. All right, number four. Gouda work. Number four. So this is one that I have used a lot recently um in my dishes and something that makes me very happy that's gonna be feta cheese feta 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 is an all-time cheese like it's just so easy to one eat alone like the flavor profile on this is other level yeah (laughs) yep and i've never personally been to greece before but i've had have heard many stories of people who have and the stories they tell about the cheese and the feta cheese specifically, and even not necessarily feta cheese, but Greek cheese that people make, which is in vain of that feta cheese. Oh my goodness. I get goosebumps every single yeah. time. It just sounds so amazing. Do you all eat feta cheese a lot? Not in salads. I feel like my exposure to feta cheese is mostly salad. Yeah, yeah, I I think I don't cook. I normally don't cook it. Like I don't cook down the feta cheese. But I would say cold quinoa dishes or things like that, salads without 
lettuce in them. So sure. I want to share my my feta thoughts. So one is that in the cold stuff they're really good, especially with um they're good with like fruit. Actually, feta is really good yeah. with um like watermelon or strawberries, but and balsamic. Yeah, but what I, so the thing that I really like about feta is it's a really hearty cheese when it comes to melting. So I'm very big on putting feta into my eggs. Ooh. Feta oh, yeah. is. Feta oh, is a yeah. spectacular... Oh, shit, nice crossover. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> feta is a spectacular addition to, like, a scrambled egg or, an, or a, a frittata oh. or whatever. But the scrambled especially I really like because oh, you gosh, then yeah. don't need to put any salt in it because uh, it's such a salty cheese anyway. And you can Michael. decide whether you want to melt it by putting it alone in the pan in its own area first, or you can kind of let it be a little bit of texture. So just, just options abound, and they're all good. This man is on to something. Yeah. You're changing the game. That's oh. a really good idea. I've, and, I, and now that you say that, like, I know that I have made omelets with feta cheese or had omelets yeah. at mm. breakfast places yep. with feta cheese. And I am pleasantly surprised every single time Stellar. it pops up on the menu. Does also great on pizza. Mm. There's yeah. a place near us that's like a Greek pizza place and they do a chicken kebab salad pizza. And Oof. it's basically all the ingredients of their chicken kebab salad on a pizza. And it has feta all over it and it is spectacular. Mmm. Yeah. Yeah. My mouth is watering so much yeah. right now. Just thinking about feta. Not that it wasn't before, but feta. It's the saltiness it is part of it. Gear. Like the actual oh salt gosh, sensation yeah. makes your mouth water. Yeah. That and that's probably why it has a very soft spot in my heart too. Is because I am a unfortunately over salter when it comes to <laughs> a lot of my food and dishes. Yeah. Um, and that provides a very organic way to get that flavor profile without dumping a pile of salt. And it's healthier because the salt is in it already, so it doesn't count. Which is, oh, yeah. It doesn't count. It's yes. like not having salt. Yes, it's almost exactly the same. <laughs> <laughs> Disclaimer. Disclaimer, I have high blood pressure. <laughs> Disclaimer, I'm actually serious. I think I think we've talked about, especially at least in the spices um, podcast, or maybe it was the eggs one, the the need to um, not use as much salt in cooking yeah. and when dealing with spices because of family history and blood pressure, yeah. but at the same time being like, but it's I'm just so this. amazing. Yeah. That happened to me with olive oil, where it's like... <laughs> I'm used. I, this is so good. And then you realize, like, I need to not use as much of this. <laughs> uh, yeah. Kyle. But everything tastes so good. But I'm just like the fancy chefs. Yeah. It's fine. Wow. So, yes, feta. Number four. And now I'm questioning everything because of the stories that Mike just told about feta and my feelings on the subject. But we'll get to our top three now only after... Do you want to do honorables? You could always do them after. We no, don't, no, 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 no. We're talk, less strict about this. Let's talk about the honorables because I think we need to get these out here. Okay. Um, just so I think the three of us have an understanding of what we're marching towards. Sure. Um, yeah. And I, there's definitely some fun ones, but the first is actually an honorable mention, not necessarily about the cheese, but a story behind the cheese. Um, if you've heard of 
Gloucester, or I might be Gloucester. Gloucester, is that like the correct way of pronouncing yes. it? Mm-hmm. Thank you. Cheese. The cheese itself isn't anything too spectacular or crazy. But in England, in the town of, I'm going to pronounce it. Gloucester. Gloucester, thank you. There is something called cheese rolling. Yes. Oh, okay. I get it. I am glad yeah. that you are yeah, okay. are understanding of so what's happening. It's a once a year sports center staple. It's amazing. And so every year, as Mike said, they have this festival where they take a wheel of cheese and throw it down. I think it's something ridiculous, like a 30 or 40 degree angled hill. It's too steep. Too steep. Too steep. And people willingly hurl themselves down this hill. That's It's not like <laughs> a smooth hill. There are pots and brambles and... It's not groomed. This yeah. is a legitimately dangerous thing. Like, you have a grown person stumbling behind you and their boot hits you in the head. You're talking about serious issues. It's bad. I remember Cam was here last summer and we had, like, 20 minutes to kill. He's like, I know, just a thing. He puts cheese rolling on the TV and we watched it for, like, 25 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> we were, like... We were, it was just like every few seconds go ooh oh ah because they'll like they'll hit they'll like hit a rock and then it'll send you like into oh. the air and you do like a front flip it's it's I wouldn't want to participate but it is sure fun to watch and so I think that alone cements uh, Gloucester cheese on the honorable mentions list at least yeah and and the crazy thing about it too is it's not like you win tons of money for doing this you get the yeah. cheese right. You win a wheel of cheese. No, it's a big wheel. It's That's a good fair. wheel. It's a good wheel of cheese. I bet there's but an active secondary market in that cheese. That's true. I bet there's not. I bet it's like uh, like that. Whoever wins it's, goes to the bar after and gets just obliterated and doesn't have to pay for anything. That's yeah. true because they're hurt. Yeah. <laughs> like, they need alcohol. They need like, alcohol because they're in men. pain. Yeah, well, theoretically, though, the person who wins is in decent shape because they made it down the hill. Their calves still hurt. Because think about putting the brakes on. Like, if you've ever run down a hill, like, actively applying the brakes the whole way down is strenuous business. But that's the crazy thing is, like, the people that win don't apply the brakes. Yeah, that's true. They do a full tumble. Tumble and a roll. They perfected the tumble. Good lord. So, yes, I was watching a bunch of videos as Kyle and Cam did one time, and it's just an amazing thing. Look it up if you haven't seen it before. Um, honorable mention. Um, another one that's not really cheese, but it has to be talked about is uh, the curds of cheese, aka mm. fried cheese curds. Mm. Yeah. Like, where would drunk bar food be yeah. without cheese curds again we're showing our midwest again but yeah. I, I it's coming I, out it's coming out <laughs> I, correct me if i'm wrong well we don't have to talk about the exact makeup of it because i'm sure we'll be talking about the cheese specifically but this like this particular way to consume cheese is special enough that it warrants discussion i think yeah and the fact that how you know you have a good 
curd is that it's squeaky. It just brings a smile to my face, like thinking about a squeaky curd. It's alarming to hear, even as someone who knows what you're talking about. <laughs> Can't imagine what someone who doesn't is thinking. <laughs> squeaky curd. Um, yeah, I, I think they can be used in so many different ways. There's like sandwiches that are grilled cheese, cheese curds. I love a good buffalo chicken, but not buffalo chicken, just like buffalo cheese curd. That's really good Mm. take on it. Um, People have put cheese curds in poutine. So you have a poutine (laughs) based with cheese curds instead of fries, which is another hilarious take on it. (laughs) It's just a heart attack. It's like Canada and Wisconsin fighting for the right to your left vowel. Yeah, the um, internet seems to be claiming that most poutine or like poutine standard recipe is calls for cheese curds, which I didn't yeah. realize. Interesting. Yeah. So um, I just love a good cheese curd and felt like it didn't really deserve a spot in the list, but should be mentioned and hence is here. Agreed. Yeah. What else? So on my close calls, honorable mention was the good ricotta yeah, we'll have to talk not, about this. That will we'll not be where that this. stays. Yeah, because uh, to me, I, I I now hear your points about cookability and usability within dishes, but it was something that I don't think when you talk about notoriety of cheeses, people don't really talk about ricotta. They should, much. because ricotta, <laughs> in addition to like ricotta pie, the most important application that you know of which you're maybe not thinking of is lasagna. So like mm. lasagna or manicotti, yeah. or if you had yep. like baked ziti, something like that, the money cheese, the absolute money cheese there is the ricotta. And that's, it's, uh, it's, it has like a, a, a heft to it that few cheeses do. It's very unusual for a cheese. But it's fluffy it's and so light. So fluffy and yes. light. Yeah. Heavy. Yeah. yeah. But it's but I mean it, it can carry like it can carry a dish and replace a meat. Like it's it's interesting if you think about what lasagna is or what baked ziti is, it's taking pasta which couldn't stand on its own and it does and it's allowing the cheese to do all of the speaking for it and it doesn't actually even need a meat. I'll also say that that's a good application that you do know about. The best application of ricotta or ricotta yes, cheese I know what you're about you don't to say. know about is it, Basically any Maltese dish, but yeah. specifically pastizzi. Like pastizzi is, it's just, it's like flaky, doughy, this pastry type thing. Mm. It's savory and it's just stuffed to the brim with ricotta cheese. And then ajin, acetat, like there's all kinds of Maltese food that like it's everything that you eat in Malta has ricotta in it. So like I grew up eating it. It's very important for Italians and Maltese alike. So that's probably why you have me and Mike stumping for it so hard, but <laughs> yeah. I, don't have, I, I can understand that it's not uh, necessarily on the forefront of most people's minds, but yeah. given the two hosts yeah. of this podcast, it's going to have to go on the top. <laughs> and, it, and it should be. Yeah. Even if it's not at the top of their minds, it should be. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think of like my German heritage and the fact <laughs> that I don't think I really encountered ricotta cheese at all in anything that we did when I was growing up. Um, I will soon have you over and we'll eat pastizzi and your mind will be changed. Oh, I'm excited for it. The, the, the ricotta cheese as part of dessert 
I think is mm. a great play. Yeah. That, that versatility is, that is crazy. Is that cannolis? Like, what, what's the base of cannolis? Is yeah. it ricotta cheese? I, I think it's, yeah, it is ricotta. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So... I love a good cannoli. Why? Why wouldn't it be? Yeah, a, yeah. It's the it's the stuffing of that. It would be the stuffing of like a lobster tail. Mm-hmm. Mm. Good mm. stuff. A little sfogliatelle. Oh. E- easy to make at home if you're so inclined. By the way. Mm. Good to know. Uh, well, oh. so that's ricotta. It might not be honorable anymore. Um, it is but not. The the other cheese that was really actually important to me and when i was growing up and we saw a lot um is the swiss cheese um swiss cheese is some good shit it's really good and i feel like it's used a lot but at the same time it, it it didn't make it into the top 10 just because i think i have a personal bias against it as well what's weird is it's not really ever like no one ever thinks about the way swiss cheese taste it's all about the look it's yeah, like a, yeah. it's a it's, but the it's a tasty cheese, cheese. It, cheese. It, is, is. But, it is but to be fair it's a sandwich cheese and it's a it's, sandwich cheese. it's really nothing else it's just a yeah. really good sandwich cheese mm, i'm trying don't to- you put don't you melt swiss cheese on top of like um soups sometimes like you'll put uh i've done or what is it it's not French onion. I made soup once, and then you lay a, uh, I think it's Swiss cheese. You lay a slice of Swiss cheese over the soup, and you mm. put it under a broiler, and you melt it right on top of the soup. I feel like Ooh. that was Swiss. But that's, obviously, I can't even remember it. So it's yeah. obviously not very mainstream. Yeah. So it's, but you're right. It's a sandwich It's a cheese. sandwich cheese. And speaking of other sandwich cheeses, um, Colby, I threw out there, which yeah. apparently is similar to cheddar, except for... It does not undergo the cheddaring process. Oh, um, uh, but of course. You got to go through cheddaring. The cheddaring process where you stack (laughs) cheeses on top of each other after you make the blocks and like pull the curds out of the shit. um, Like the juices where cheese makes Mm. itself. Um, And so by stacking cheese on top of it, it creates a different profile, but Colby doesn't do that. Interesting. I have a logistic question about Colby cheese, but I'll wait a minute. Okay. <laughs> All right. So that one and then Monterey Jack mm-hmm. um, was the other cheese that I wanted to call out just because Monterey Jack is actually the Jack that makes all the other Jacks. So like Pepper Jack, Colby Jack, anything Jack. So that was my logistics question. You start with Monterey Jack. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. And then you weave in the other forms of cheese to Monterey Jack. Yeah. Okay. That's where it comes from. So, oh, never mind. No, I was going to say Monterey Jack is actually very similar. If you think about California burritos, like the white cheese that goes on top of that, I think it's queso oxana or something Mm, like that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Monterey Jack's in that vein as well. So honorable mention, but not going to make it in. Sure. Um, A good one though. My final one is cottage cheese. I was wondering where this might land. It's just, it's so great. And I would eat, as a child, tubs of cottage cheese. Like a bathtub. Yeah. I would eat a full bathtub of cottage cheese. <laughs> I bet that's like a, an, old, so uh, an old rural remedy for chicken pox or something. 
Get you get in a bathtub full oh of cottage cheese and then eat it. <laughs> and by the time you're done with that, you should probably not have the chicken yeah. pox anymore. Can't differentiate between the butt cheese and the cottage <laughs> cheese. <laughs> the famunda cheese. Across. <laughs> so yeah, it just it's an honorable mention because it it's so prevalent in lunch boxes. Everywhere. It's yeah. very um, polarizing, though. I would say cottage yeah. cheese. I would argue cottage cheese is probably the most polarizing cheese that exists. Yeah, because like there are very few cheeses that make me say "fuck that cheese," and cottage cheese is one of those. Really? Yeah. yeah. Oh my Fuck goodness. cottage cheese. Oh, it like again. I realize that you are a person in this world who takes up space and breathes air. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately. Wow. How kind of you to acknowledge. <laughs> but. As someone, again, who lived with sure. cottage cheese as a child, I could not picture a world without it or those who do not believe in those same thoughts and ideals. Yeah. That's that's why Got really cold we're so many, that's why we're having so many challenges in this country. <laughs> That'll be the I first question once there's a del- once there's an official candidate for the Democratic Party. <laughs> It'll be them up on stage with President Trump. Cottage cheese, pro, con, go. <laughs> go. Cottage cheese. <laughs> I know. Yep. It's Mexican so, cottage cheese. <laughs> that's that's the, the last of the honorable mentions that I really wanted to to make sure to, to call out. Um, All right. There's others, but, you know. But there's a lot. I think yeah. we should would keep moving on to the exciting top three that we have in store that I'm sure are going to Yeah, be I can think of a few. Yeah, I've got a couple that are, are vying for attention at the top here. Heartily debated. Um, yeah, so number three, if you would have asked me this probably a good five years ago. Oh, yeah. This would not have been in number three. It's an acquired taste. But it is, and it's blue cheese. No doubt. So I want to make a brief... Uh, uh, I I don't know if this counts. I was googling, and it apparently Gorgonzola is part of the blue cheese family. Yes, it is. Okay, all right. So then I just want to lump it in. Yes. I want I want to yes. be clear that I want Gorgonzola included in the blue cheese. Gorgonzola is included in the blue cheese, and Good. that was I think like the turning factor for me because I didn't realize the fact that Gorgonzola was blue cheese, mm-hmm. and I really liked Gorgonzola cheese, and then came to that discovery and went okay maybe i like other blue cheese yeah and that standard what you see mm-hmm. in salads or that makes up blue cheese dressing all of those standard go-tos that people or at least i was raised in turning noses up because it's just horrible and stinky and terrible but i love blue cheese now and will eat it at any point and use it as much as i can um because it's just so good. I like to put blue cheese crumblies on sandwiches. Like, yeah. if I have some kind of, like, yeah. uh, if I make any kind of meat in the crock pot and then I put that on a sandwich, I'll throw. What's nice mm. is if you get, the, if the meat is hot when you put the blue cheese crumblies on melt there. Melt a little bit. I'll melt mm. a little bit by the time you get to it. That's real good. Mm. I just realized mm. there's probably potential for, like, a Stranger Things hamburger joint crossover where you have a Demogorgonzola sandwich. Oh, wow. Oh, get the hell out of here. Copyright it now. Gorgonzola. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the mine feta. The mine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, yeah. 
So blue cheese gorgonzola. Yeah. I think the Roquefort is yep. definitely the not correct way to pronounce it, but that's your standard blue cheese. But that mm. and gorgonzola are all under the same. That's also the that most famous right cheese of all. Yeah. And I recently, I don't know if it was on television or what, but I, I saw the story of its origins. Um, it's and- moldy cheese. Yeah, there's like all of these legends about how it happened. And I encourage people, I don't remember all of them, but I encourage people to Google it because it's sort of a fun little backstory to how, you know, I know some, we've talked about this before. Like sometimes you ask yourself, how in the hell did the first person who consumed X, Y, or Z dish do so? Doing a little bit of background on how Roquefort cheese or blue cheese generally just kind of became a thing is kind of cool. I think the answer is just they were fucking hungry. hungry. <laughs> That's, I think, probably the they're short like, answer. They're like, this is disgusting, but, <laughs> but wow, I am starving. That's what happened this with my pickle good. juice smoothie the other day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I drank mm. the whole... Uh, that's the P.S. to that story. I drank the whole thing. Oh, no. Oh. Yeah, so same with the first blue cheese Ew. consumer. Yeah. <laughs> All right, num- what's up. number two? Number two... Is cheddar number two? All right. Number well, then I know what number cheddar. one is wow. because yep. Yep. cheddar is a is a god level cheese. God level cheese. Cheddar cheese. Cheddar cheese. It's used in so many things, including most notably my favorite as a topping on Skyline Chili. Uh, <laughs> throwing that out there. I I will the. The the cheddar cheese part of Skyline Chili is not really the um, controversial part of it. I think no. most I think most people would agree with that. Yeah, <laughs> cheddar cheese, something we can all get on board with. Yeah, um, it comes in many stages: mild, sharp, oof, in between. I'm very. Pro- I don't know about Point. you guys. I'm very pro sharp. I want oh, it as oh, sharp as it sharp. gets. Yeah. Except except I've discovered sharp cheddar grilled cheese. Not great. I agree with that. Yes. Not I don't great. I am not as pro melted cheddar as other people. I like mm-hmm. it, but I love cheddar in its natural hard state. I think a nice white cheddar is like the best hard cheese you could have. Like it doesn't yeah. get much better than that. But cheddar cheese is insanely versatile. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm 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 a little more pro melted cheddar than you guys are, but like like if you think of a shredded cheese, you're probably thinking of I mean, there. There's one other we'll be talking about about shortly. But like, (laughs) but cheddar cheese, like the most, the majority of shredded cheeses, I feel like are some are some kind of cheddar. And then on top of that, most like, I think this is important. Most cheese based snacks, like cracker snacks, are all cheddar. Are you thinking of one in particular? I can't think of any in particular. Me neither. (laughs) I was thinking of like Lunchables and um, Cheez Its. Cheeses, goldfish, goldfish. Mm. they're all mm. they're all cheddar, and they have their varieties. But yeah. the baseline cheese it and the baseline goldfish, it always says made with real cheddar cheese. Yeah, which is probably not true, but still. no, <laughs> it's like it's like there's a guy at the factory named Cheddar Cheese. Like we made it with this guy. Yeah, like it's cheddar. <laughs> this is Chuck Cheddar, Cheddar Bob. Cheddar. <laughs> Bob. Wow, nice. <laughs> That's for you, Seamus. Yes, so, that is for you, Seamus. 
I'm with you. I'm surprised it's not number one. I could, I see what you're getting at here, but it's. I think without question, it's a top three. It's so top I think three. number one is the right choice. Yeah, and we're gonna we're gonna talk about that, but not to overshadow cheddar. I think it is just a great all around cheese. It's so versatile. You use it in a variety of dishes, and it's great to just munch on. Like, who doesn't yeah. love a giant block of cheddar cheese and just breaking down that thing I don't, and going fools. with some crackers? Fools and people with dairy allergies. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And I am vegans. so sorry for the lactose and vegan Turds. humans that are listening. <laughs> Thanks for saving us all. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know how they talk about being carbon neutral? I like to think of our vegan listeners as offsetting my my cheese footprint. Probably they don't. Realistically no speaking, way. it's unlikely no. that anybody could eat it's enough a, of a cheese deficit to overcome my cheese surplus. That's but. a committee of vegans that are in charge of your cheese deficit. cheese deficit. Yeah. They come in on Tuesday and they're like, fuck. They're like, oh my God, he had a whole pizza again. I don't know how much more cheese I could not eat. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah. So cheddar cheese. Good old go-to. Which leads us to number one. Yeah. Which, if you have not thought of it at this point, I uh, you need to eat more cheese. Yeah. Number one is mozzarella. Yeah. It's the king of the cheeses. Queen of the cheeses. However you want to designate it. It's, it's a, it it's is OG. stunning how good mozzarella cheese is in all of its forms. Like Every there, form. Every form of mozzarella cheese is stupendous yep and it dominates its competitors in each of those markets like yeah. absolutely <laughs> it's like the michael phelps of cheeses it is throw it except soup. good throw it <laughs> yeah. on pizza great yeah Put it in a log on its own well what's I'm funny dead. is i think i like most people i'm assuming my mozzarella introduction as a kid was the shredded variety like on your pizza sure. and i didn't even realize that it was an option to have the nice fresh mm, buffalo mozzarella mm. and it is that's the be- i mean that's the best way to have it because that's the most unadulterated just delicious creamy way to consume that cheese yep i i remember the first time that my mom brought home a ball of mozzarella yeah um mm. And we sliced it up and put it with fresh tomatoes in the summer on like a little Triscuit with basil and balsamic vinegar. And this is still just so concrete in my mind, the taste flavors and the understanding that like this was cheese. And I wanted to eat the entire thing and she kept on having to make me distribute it evenly among all the crackers. But I have just (laughs) sat down and eaten a ball of mozzarella too many times to count in my life. It's that good. So I'm going to, this is, I'm not arguing for this cheese because I don't think it, I'm not calling it its own cheese, but have you guys had, um, burrata cheese? Uh-huh. I don't know that cheese. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. So burrata cheese is, the, it's to me the, the best cheese that exists. It's, I didn't want to talk about it because I didn't want to spoil mozzarella, but burrata is like the underwhelming number one yeah it's it's you... the greatest it's the greatest cheese that exists on earth it doesn't it's count because it is because it is mozzarella cheese it's like a combination of mozzarella cheese and cream oh. and it is 
It is so unbelievably stupendous. So Caroline's family has, uh, her cousins have a restaurant and somehow or other they have a Barata guy who, and this, this guy makes Barata cheese and I, he's like some old Italian guy with a secret recipe. Oh my God. Oh, it is just, it's just so deeply delicious. We're looking at pictures now, and half of them are like them cut open with it looks the like oozing a cream <laughs> yeah. coming out of it. Oh my gosh! Mm. Again, talking about how you could just eat an entire I could just mow so much burrata <laughs> cheese. <laughs> it's a lot of burrata. It's a game changer. Uh. Have you ever seen how uh, people make mozzarella cheese, though? I think that's a really interesting process. Like, you take the hot cheese and you basically have no feeling in your hand because you just ball it up and roll it and roll it and it's yeah. hot until it's you get there. so in. cool. And it's, like, very super stringy and you got to mm. pull it all together. And it's ancient wisdom. Yeah. And how to do it. And beauty. And if you want to watch cheese videos online with me just call me up and, and it's I in that crazy it like vat of sort of watery cheesy yeah. weirdness and it's so beautiful to just watch this delicious ball of goodness emerge from that weird vat mm. hands down top yeah. cheese also yeah. the fact that like string cheese is normally mozzarella based yeah holds a special place in my heart yeah like yeah. when you think of string cheese it's that white cheese that you pull apart, and that's based in mozzarella. So, all right. So that is so obviously number one. Um, number one, which is why, even though cheddar is absolutely amazing, I think it has to stay at number two because I think that's yeah. Mozzarella is just its own. That's the cheese. It's the cheese, and throwing burrata, hands down. We're yeah. We're gone. We're gone. All right. So we are pressed for time. Kyle, as we always are. Can I rattle off three honorables and then three that I think should legitimately be considered? Yes, you're the cheese guy. Go. All right, Go. provolone, just an yep. excellent oh, cheese and works yeah. both as a sandwich cheese and as a, just like a hard blocko cheese. Probably warrants serious consideration. I'm not going to bother making the big argument, but it's excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, pecorino, Agreed. pecorino romano is a great um, like sprinkling cheese. It also is a decent hard cheese. Doesn't have as much uh, variety of use, and it's a little bit uh, repetitive with the Parmesan. But Pecorino is a good important cheese. Stilton mm-hmm. cheese. That's one of uh, that's like an English cheese. It's a strong one, and it's good for mixing with like fruits. Like I've seen it with I think blueberry or raspberry uh, mixed into it. It's a really good cheese. The three that I think should have legitimate consideration: ricotta cheese, as we discussed, that I think mm-hmm. should be on the list. I think it should be reasonably. Hi, uh, halloumi cheese. So halloumi cheese is a is a very popular cheese um, in the Mediterranean. It's I think uh, Lebanon, uh, Syria, definitely like Greece. Um, there's a lot of Mediterranean cuisine. It's this extremely hearty cheese that you can actually grill. Ooh. So it's all the very, pictures are grilled. Yeah, so it's a. Very it looks like pop- chicken. Yeah, it's a very popular um, cheese for vegetarians. Ooh, because it's a it's like a almost like um tofu kind of thing, but it has this really meaty, delicious texture and flavor. So halloumi cheese is, I think, really should be considered. And I think if we had any like anybody from that part of the world, oh, living, so good, 
Yeah, leaving Halloumi off would be a damn crime. So Halloumi should, I think, be on the list. And then last, uh, I think Labna cheese. So Labna cheese is this extra strained uh, yogurt cheese that is also common in Mediterranean and Middle Eastern cuisine. And it's like if you took Icelandic skier and made it even thicker. So it's it can be used in sweet recipes. It can also be used in savory recipes. Um, so it's a it's an insanely versatile. Uh, sort of like a semi yogurt, semi uh, like buffalo kind of mozzarella thing. It's it works. It can sort of be congealed to make it like a ball, or it can be more of a yogurty thing. So those are those are ones I think should really be considered. Okay, I'm serious about ricotta. Obviously, the only yeah. other one I would throw on here, and I understand that the logistics don't quite work out, but like pepper jack cheese feels like its own thing. To yeah. the point where I think it kind of qualifies as separate. I agree. And it's my favorite cheese, and I really <laughs> like it. Um, so we don't have to put it on there, but I would be yeah. remiss if I didn't mention my love of pepper. I think we have four we good candidates for. to take off. I think yep. American and goat can definitely come off. Yep. And I personally think brie and gouda can also come off. I agree with Brie and Gouda and Goat. The only thing about American is like, it's so relevant in terms of notoriety. I think we would be taken through mud All right, we lost the American. Let's let me give up. Cheese. Let me give up Labna. I'll give up Labna, but with the very, very strong proviso that you guys have to try either a sweet or savory Labna dish. Because okay. both are delicious. Um, Sold. And I think our uh, Mediterranean slash Middle Eastern listeners, you know. Yeah. That one. I'm, I'm, <laughs> uh, I'm down for it. We'll be, we'll be disappointed in us. So, Labna cheese should be mentioned. But I think we could probably slot. I think we could probably throw halloumi at nine. Ricotta at six. And Pepper Jack at five. And I then, think ricotta. I think ricotta jumps Pepper Jack. I honestly. agree. Okay. I think ricotta is like a four. Mm, I think we keep feta above ricotta still. Yeah, yeah. you're probably right. So then can we bump pepper jack down a little bit? Yeah. Lower on the stick. list, you mean? So like we would go mozzarella, cheddar, blue slash gorgonzola. Yep. Feta, ricotta, pepper jack. Yep. And then our seven, eight, nine would be some combination of halloumi, parmesan, and cream slash mascarpone. And American. Well, well, American, I think we leave it 10. Yeah. I think that's the perfect spot. Yeah. I'm the only reason that I would put it above the halloumi, not to like, again, drive this into the ground, but halloumi looks great. I have never seen it before. That's true. I've never yeah. heard of it. We can I mean, put that at like a 10 then. I've, I've never heard of it, and I absolutely want it <laughs> in my belly right now, but because of that, I... I don't know if we can put it above American. That's I think fair. That's, I think that's reasonable. If we then, so if we leave cream and Parmesan at seven and eight, American which I'm nine, Halloumi ten. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If we do all that, then what we have done is compiled a list of the top ten cheeses somehow. Top ten somehow. Cheese. cheese, cheese face, bitch. Hey Kyle, how much does a <laughs> cheese machine cost? <laughs> it's it's got to be six or seven thousand dollars. Uh, All right. Could you run us through the list? Yeah. So we did it. We made a list. And whether it's 
the absolute correct list, well, you all can let us know. It's not. But it is our list, and it's perfect just the way it is. Mm -hmm. So at number 10, we have good old Lumi out of left field. Um, I really looked this up. It looks amazing. I can't wait to eat this cheese. I want it all the time now. This is the cloud eggs of this list. Yeah, this is yes. the cloud <laughs> eggs of this list. Halloumi cheese. Um, number nine is then American. Good old craft singles. Don't forget them. Uh, Parmesan at number eight. And then our cream cheese mascarpone combination at number seven. Jumping in at number six is the notable unforgettable pepper jack. Followed by a number five, heavily debated and stumped for good old ricotta cheese. And now I want a cannoli too. Me too. Um, <laughs> number four is going to be feta. Yep. And then with our top three, our meddlers, blue at number three. Don't forget about gorgonzola within that family. Don't. Number two, close second, but still not there, cheddar. Love it, though. Give me a mound anytime. And number one, the best cheese, the cheese that the women actually on the train jumped in to make their case for and wanted <laughs> yeah. to ensure it was number one. If you're going to interject in a, a train conversation, it's probably going to be for mozzarella. It's got to yeah. be for mozzarella. It's got to be Our for number mozz. one, top cheese, best cheese. Never forget it. Damn right. You've done it again, Sarah. Sarah, you are a maestra. Kyle, we are hitting the 90-minute mark in our show. So I'm let's sorry. do our <laughs> messages. Let's go. Thank you to Sarah. Thank you to Kevin McLeod for his stankiness, just like you. Yep. Thank you to Aaron for her artwork. It's fantastic. Those are the thank yous. Those are the thank yous, and thank you to our social media director, Caroline Lebranti. Find her stuff at CML Photos on Instagram. She is running our social mead, which is centered on our Instagram, which is top10km. If you want to shoot us an email, you can do that, which is top10km at gmail.com. Both the uh, Instagram handle and the email address, the 10 is spelled out T-E-N. So Kyle, the last thing I want to say is that while our listeners are probably listening to us on some podcast app, there are plenty of other ones like the Apple Podcast app, Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean. We can also be found pretty much where any, wherever podcasts can be found. So that is what I would say, dog. I think that's all there is to say. Thank you again, Sarah. Looking forward to the next Chef Corner. Sarah, with you. you are a gem. Thank you. That's cheese. We're out. Say cheese. Cheese. <laughs> See you, buddy. Bye. Peace.